0: Rebecca Katz is a nationally recognized cookbook author, consultant, speaker, teacher, and chef, and she's the author of five cookbooks. Her latest is Clean Soups, and it's chock full of soup recipes, tips, and techniques. And it's funny, every chef has a specialty, a food realm where they really shine with creativity, and Rebecca says hers is soup. And she's joining me today on Amy's Table to discuss this gorgeous book, Clean Soups, Simple Nourishing Recipes. For health and vitality. Hi Rebecca, welcome to Amy's Table. Good
1: morning, Amy. It's wonderful to be here with you.
0: Well, what a beautiful book. Everything looks so fresh and inviting and I always feel like soup is one of those things that just about anybody can make. But of course, we all know the difference when we taste it between a good soup and a really great soup. And I wonder what, what makes a great soup? Well, I will take you through sort of
1: my five steps that I think makes a good soup, uh, uh, makes a great soup. Okay. And the first one is starting with a great stock or broth. And um, you were commenting earlier just about the cover of the book. And the cover of the book features um, a broth that I have made. It's called the Magic Mineral Broth. And I... I call I call her this broth the sixteen year overnight sensation. <laughs> um, it, it's like my Rosetta Stone. It's a good good soup has that that it's it's like a good stock is like a powerhouse rhythm track to a soaring melody. Oh, beautiful! So it's worth taking the time to make broth. And I like usually on Sundays, I'll make a big pot of broth, and then I'll divide it into six cups like so so that it I'm soup ready and i freeze i freeze I freeze my broth, so I always have it on hand, and usually six cups is what you need to make soup. You can get away with four, but six is kind of the magic number um and then. Um The second thing is that all soups have common elements, so for example if you can if your listeners can imagine um, me standing over my soup pot, um, the first thing i'm going to do is i'm going to add a little bit of fat to my pot, so I use olive oil and um I heat the pan the pot first I add my fat and then I add my aromatics and such as onions carrots celery or fennel I like to use fennel in soups and I add the onions first with a generous pinch of salt to allow the sweetness of the onions to come out and the onions begin to sweat And then they start to gently become translucent and almost turn a little golden, just slightly. And that's when I put the rest of my aromatics in and I coat them, you know, with the olive oil. And then at that point, I add my dried herbs and spices. So I'm a big spice girl. And I love adding um, things like cumin and red pepper flakes and garlic and um, depending on what I'm making. Um, And then what I do is I take a half a cup of broth and I just, deglaze the pan I just and what what I, what I that is doing is first of all I'm scraping up all the yum that's on the bottom of the pan <laughs> and then the other thing I'm doing is I'm sealing in those flavors of that really good you know healthy fat and all those spices and herbs and those aromatics and then I add the major ingredients so if I'm adding let's say I'm making a lentil soup so I'm adding my lentils and and anything else that might go in and then I add my broth and then it's ready to simmer. And then I'm I'm done. But the last thing I like to do is I always taste my soup. So, for example, I'm thinking, "God, you know, let's say I I added spices or I added something but it's still not Quite there so that's where I add maybe another pinch or two of salt because I want that flavor to come to the forward that you know to the to the top of the palate and then um, I'll add like maybe a little bit of acid maybe a little squeeze of lemon you know just to brighten things up and fresh herbs so um, so that's like that's my like my key and I think once you recognize the role each ingredient plays in the soup, you're on your way to freeing up your creativity and you you'll see a, a recipe for soup more as a guideline instead of something that you have to strictly follow to the letter. You're at that point, um you're you're on your way to becoming a soup master. And then um I think, you know, the the this number three is really understanding What I have just said, um, the process step-by-step, which I've just kind of gone through, because that's really your template. And then the other thing that I think is very important is you want to taste as you go. And soup is very much like an alchemical experience, you know. Um, The heat is constantly changing what is going on in the pot, you know. All of like, all the flavors are being released and, and it's, 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 um, it's, it's creativity in motion. That's what I love about soup. It just, it's, there's always room for creativity. You can never, you really can't screw up. And then to remember sort of the principles of, um, my little toolkit, which I call FAS, F-A-S-S, which stands for fat, acid, salty, and sweet. And basically, it's a wonderful, it's what my grandmother, my great-grandmother always did. It's just like balancing, you know, it's flavor balancing. So um, fat, the fat that you put in at the, at the um, beginning um, distributes flavor across the palate. It makes you feel satiated. So, for example, some of my soups um, may have like a, a cashew cream on top. Mm. You know, so or um, one of my soups is um, um, a coconut roasted cauliflower soup with turmeric and ginger. And so that fat is like a little magic carpet that transverses the taste buds carrying all that flavor and then acids like lemons and limes and vinegars or like salsas or bright herbs they bright they brighten flavors and they can balance a soup that's too sweet or too salty so if you've ever oversalted a soup you want to get um a little bit of lemon juice and spritz it in um and it'll erase the salt and then sea salt which is what I like to use Brings out the flavor of food, and it and it moves the flavor forward, like I was saying before, to the front of the tongue where we taste it, where taste is best perceived. So, if the flavor is hanging back, then you know you need a pinch of salt to move it flavor, to, make, to move it forward. And my last is sweet, and um, I use a little bit of grade A dark amber maple syrup. Oh smart. And sometimes you need a little sweet to harmonize and round out a flavor. So especially like if you're making um like a carrot soup and your carrots aren't as sweet as you want them to be. You know, just like and I'm talking about like an eighth of a teaspoon or a quarter of a teaspoon in a whole pot. And then the last thing is the garnish. That's my number 5. So um like a nut cream that, that swirls into a warm blended carrot soup adds like a distinctive feel and um a savory second flavor in a spoonful or an herb sauce like a chermoula or a pesto can, like on a, in a fish soup or a lentil soup mm. or it can just, it makes everything just makes your taste buds, you know, dance or, you might want to like use something crispy, like kale, like like little kale crumbles or um, polenta croutons on a soup. So that's
0: those are the five to try. That's my that's that's my soup class in in and five that, minutes or less. That was incredible. I have to tell you, listening to you is kind of like a kid listening to a bedtime story. I was hanging on every word. <laughs> <laughs> and what good solid information and the book is filled with this same solid information and, and it's great not only that but Rebecca has generously given us a link to some favorite soup recipes that we can try from the book. I have a couple more questions for you though even though that was incredibly comprehensive I want to know if you have a favorite soup pot that you like Oh I do I do it's
1: a um, i I've had it for like Oh gosh, it's like twenty five years old. It's a um it's the first time it's like an old all clad pot. And um it's 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 and they, and they make them now. It's like a big it's like a five quart six five or five or six quart saucier pan. Now that's not my stock pot. I mean my stock right. pot is a huge sixteen quart stock pot. I could like live in it. But <laughs> That's that's my favorite. I do have um, a Le Creuset pot that I like to use, like, when I'm making stews. But for my everyday soup making, I go to that pot. It's, like, reflexive.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. And there, of course, stock pot does have to be quite large, and you're making it in bulk, like Rebecca suggested, which is such a good idea. And that's my last question for you is, what's your favorite way to store? So you're making the broth, and you're st- uh, freezing it in six-cup portions, which I love. What do you like to use? What kind of a vessel do you like to use to freeze in? And do you have any sort of organizational tips for freezing soups? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, when you're freezing soups or you're freezing stock,
1: it's like you're freezing. It's like gold, right? So you don't want to waste. So um, usually what I'll do is I'll either get um, – there's a couple ways you can freeze. You can freeze in tempered glass, but you have to have – um, you've got to have a lot of real estate in your freezer to do that. Right. Um, the other other options are to take a zip top bag, actually, and allow your stock to cool. And if you're short on freezer space, you just you know use um, um, uh, a quartz you know a, the big bags, and you you fill it up with six cups, and you press the air out of it. And you are labeling everything you put in your freezer so you don't get...
0: Yeah, you may think you'll know what that is six months from now, but you will not. So you're right, label. You
1: you, you won't. (laughs) So
0: I use blue painter's
1: tape. And then the other thing is I um, get these BPA-free plastic containers that... um, um, And I will store stock like that. And then... um, And I will store soup. Maybe I'll store soup in two cup sizes, right? Uh I I create like a little variety pack in my freezer. So um, I've got maybe a couple different soups to choose from, and they're already portion controlled. One of the things that I recommend is when you make a soup, instead of trying to eat the whole pot of soup in five days, (laughs) to think about freezing half and eating half. And that way you always have something nourishing in your freezer.
0: So um, smart. I agree. I agree. And as you say, keeping a variety in the freezer means you've always got something for dinner or lunch or whatever and it's it's so convenient. Well, your tips are amazing. Your book is amazing. Again, it's called Clean Soups, Simple Nourishing Recipes for Health and Vitality. You can find more about Rebecca at her website, which is RebeccaKatz.com. That's K-A-T-Z. I'll also put a link on Amy-Tobin.com with all these great tips and a recipe or two from Rebecca. Rebecca Katz, thank you so much. What a lucky day getting all these great tips from you. Really enjoyed speaking with you on Amy's Table. Oh, thank you, Amy. It was such a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Amy's Table, A Girl's Guide to Living with Amy Tobin on Q102. For more, visit Amy's blog with Q102 online at WKRQ.com.